So what does this cabinet shuffle actually mean for our region, particularly when it comes to continued growth and dollars actually coming from Ottawa? Now, Prime Minister, there referenced the fact that there are many new challenges. I would argue there are actually old challenges around affordability and housing and transit. Joining now to talk about some of these issues is Porcohutla Mayor and Chair of the Mayor's Council on Regional Transportation, uh, Brad West. Brad, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jazz. Uh, lots to talk about here. First of all, you know, these cabinet shuffles, generally the political class, the media class pay a lot of attention. Uh, it was made to be, uh, you know, a major shuffle, and perhaps it is in regards to the movement uh, in and out of different people. Um, but uh, does this change anything for you in the position you're in as, as uh, a member of the, uh, or sorry, the chair of the Mayor's Council on Regional Transportation Issues? Well, not dramatically, because I think you're right. A lot gets made out of uh, who's in and who's out. But, you know, generally speaking, when the person at the top continues to be the person at the top, the trajectory and direction of government stays the same. So I haven't seen anything that suggests to me uh, the government's going to be moving in a wildly different direction. I mean, it does give uh, the mayor's council, uh, our region's mayors, the opportunity to uh, speak to a a new minister uh, and, and take another kick at the can at getting action, and uh, that really is what it's all about. Uh, you were bang on when you said these aren't new challenges. These are challenges that we've had for some time. The only thing that's new is they're getting exasperated every single day that we don't see action. Uh, and that's really my focus and the focus of our region's mayors is, you know, we've, d- we've done lots of talking. We've done lots of consulting. We've done lots of studying. Let's get on with actually seeing some of the tax dollars that leave Metro Vancouver to go to Ottawa be reinvested in this region to support the growing population that we currently have and are going to see even more of over the next number of years. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Vancouver itself, Metro Vancouver, represents about 50, 55% of BC's population, 61% of its GDP. Uh, but your letter today, just over in regards to congratulating the new cabinet and some of the challenges that Metro Vancouver faces, you articulated them well in that letter. Uh, on this show last week, we did a we had a couple of segments we focused on, which we called "I'm pro immigration, but." And we left it open, but really talking about what has solely been filtering in, what we've been hearing in that particular phrase, because people are concerned about uh, immigration, not in the sense that we're anti-immigration, but we are challenged by the amount of immigrants that are coming to this country and whether or not the infrastructure of our major cities can handle it, particularly Vancouver. Give me a sense, with that, uh, that is the overarching issue, where are we headed in the Lower Mainland if we do not add more services, if we don't get more dollars from Ottawa specifically, where are we headed in this city when it comes to housing, transportation, and broadly about affordability? Well, I don't think we're headed anywhere good. Uh, you know, we're headed to a place where we could see a very significant deterioration in the quality of life in, in Metro Vancouver. Uh, and our livability as a region is what has defined us for many, many decades and has made this a, a, you know, a very attractive place to live. You know, the reality is when you're adding to our region approximately 50,000 people every single year, and, you know, let's put that into a context that we can all understand, that's like taking the population of the city of North Vancouver currently every single year. So adding that population to our region, uh, that's going to have an impact. And if, if we don't have the infrastructure and services in place, uh, to support that growing population, which you're absolutely right, brings with it a number of benefits. 
but it, it's not a cure-all to every uh, problem that ails us, especially if we're not seeing senior government step up to provide support. Uh, let's look at it from a transportation lens and uh, wearing my mayor's council hat. Look, the reality is that uh, people have to get all over this region. They got to get to work. They got to get to school. They got to get uh, to Costco. They got to get their kids to uh, activities. Uh, if we don't provide people realistic options other than their vehicle, that's what they're going to use. Uh, and we're going to see congestion. We're going to see pollution. We're going to see the, pro- the region and the province and the country not be able to meet its ambitious uh, climate objectives. Uh, so there's some real things that are at stake here, and there are real consequences to the federal government in particular, because they're the ones that are setting this target around immigration, not stepping up and providing the basic infrastructure that's required. And, and it gets as basic, we're talking about transportation, that's meat and potatoes type stuff. It, it gets as basic as, you know, people being able to flush their toilet. Uh, you know, all of that takes infrastructure. Uh, and we have a, a, a big backlog in our region. Mm-hmm. And if we don't see that investment happening, we're going to be in some real trouble. So in this case, uh, if you look at the past 12 months, Canada's population um, grew by 1.2 million people, driven by obviously higher annual targets for permanent immigration, temporary foreign workers, international students, non-permanent residents. A new report by TD came out today, basically says that when you look at temporary foreign worker program usage by employers and provincial governments, study permits in 2023, so far that TD says Canada's population is likely to increase by another million people this year. So that's 2023. And if that happens, the gap between housing supply and demand would grow to 500,000 units through 2025. So that is significant. So in this case, if, if you're sitting across the table right now from Prime Minister Trudeau, and they say, he said, give me three things that you need help on. And it may be a specific as for a certain billion dollars for a SkyTrain line. What would be the top three things you'd ask for for Metro Vancouver in your mind? Well, the single biggest thing that the federal government could do from a transportation perspective is to uh, provide operating funding uh, to the agency. Um, They have stepped up on uh, capital requests in the past. Now, that needs to be accelerated significantly. The track record of building, you know, one SkyTrain extension uh, once a decade, usually tied to a very significant international event like the Olympics. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's just not going to cut it anymore. Uh, But the federal government is completely absent from providing support for the ongoing operation uh, of the authority. Uh, Can Um, I stop you? Brad, can I just, sorry, my apologies. I want to stop you there. Why should the federal government be responsible for operating? Uh, I understand capital and building the actual hard infrastructure that one time cost. But do you think the federal government should be in the business of providing operating or covering operating expenses on a regular basis? Yeah, I do think there is a role there. In fact, in, in most of the G8, their uh, country, federal governments do provide uh, support to their transit agencies in their major urban urban centers. Um, the reality is that uh, because we want to keep transit to be a very attractive option for people to use, uh, you know, fares are not exorbitant. They are kept uh, quite modest because there is a recognition that there is uh, a value in all of that. And so uh, the federal government certainly, I think, has a a role to play. And there's different ways that that can 
that can be achieved. Uh, but the model that has been used thus far to fund uh, the operating of the agency, I think, is very outdated. It's reliant upon uh, property tax, uh, on gas tax, uh, and then on fares. And, uh, you know, we always say this, and it, it is true, you know, there's only one taxpayer. And so, uh, you know, you're already seeing people through their property taxes and through their gas tax uh, having to you know, make significant cop- contributions to the operating of, of the agency. Uh, so I do think that there is a role there. Uh, on, the, uh, on the housing side of things, um, it's, you know, providing some, uh, some funding and then getting out of the way. Uh, there are so many examples of various sites uh, that are ready to go in Metro Vancouver that could be used to be providing housing, uh, but local government uh, and nonprofits, uh, you know, who are often able to deliver non-market affordable housing, uh, are often challenged with significant infrastructure upgrades that are required to support those sites. Sometimes, when you go through this uh, process of trying to achieve a federal grant to be able to support it, uh, it, it is unbelievable the amount of red tape and hoops that you have to jump through uh, with you know virtually no guarantees at the end of the day after investing all those resources that you're going to get any support Uh, so i I think that whole system needs to be very much streamlined Uh, and the other piece on housing that i think is really key Mm -hmm. is we got to do a lot around skill trades and construction uh, you know, it's easy for politicians to talk about, well, we're going to build this many housing units, we're going to build that many housing units. Uh, you talk to people on the ground who actually build the housing, because government <laughs> isn't building the housing. Uh, it, it's making announcements, but building the housing, we have a critical shortage uh, of those uh, folks who actually swing a hammer and get the job done. That um, is true. And if, and if, we, need, if we need to deliver the type of housing and the number of units we're talking about, uh, we sure as heck better turn our attention to that, or else it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Brad, uh, we've run out of time. Look forward to having you in studio. I know you're away today. Appreciate you making time for us. Uh, we'll, we'll chat soon. Thanks very much, Jess.